0: Unbound Theatre presents The Chronicles of Professor Chronomie: Temper and Temporality Written by Dario Knight And performed by Erica Sanderson CHAPTER ONE. THE CRASH Inside the fine silver thread which binds the patchwork of time together, something was going badly wrong. A timeship was plummeting downward through the vortex. The transtemporal portal shimmered and swirled, sparking when the craft's frame brushed the cascades of light making up the wall of the tunnel. The vessel itself was a tall chamber, defined by five brass pillars that bent upwards to an apex, from which a magnificent rotor of curved copper blades spun frantically. Standing atop the ornate marble platform at the base of the ship were two women. One, a young girl in the garb of an Elizabethan serving girl, was backed against one of the control panels filled with levers and dials, which filled all but one of the gaps between the brass pillars. Aiming not to get in the way, she occasionally darted aside as her companion, the pilot of the ship, tried to wrestle the machine under control. "'Does it always do this?' asked the girl over the hissing of steam blasting from a maze of glass instruments sitting on the control panels. Her name was Astrid. Formerly a resident of the late sixteenth century, she was now taking her maiden voyage into the time-stream, a decision she was beginning to question given the craft's alarming and unplanned acceleration along the vortex. "'Well, it's her second expedition and the first such occurrence, dear heart,' so one might conclude that it may well be a problem we face at least 50% of the time. The pilot of the ship was taller, sporting a battered Victorian frock coat covering a dark waistcoat and shirt. A wide-brimmed hat and a pair of long boots complemented the ensemble of careworn, timeless style, quite befitting the creator of a time machine. This was Professor Chronomier, inventor, explorer, learner, and, currently, laugher. A less adventurous scientist might have huffed at the giddy excitement she took in her magnificent invention spinning so wildly out of control. But a problem in need of a solution was, to the Professor, irresistible. How did it happen? Astrid called above the malfunctioning glassware. Inadvertently erroneous calibration when I prepared her for takeoff, the Professor replied. What the heck does that mean? Not entirely sure. Think I might have overfilled one of her tanks. The Professor frowned, tapping at one of the larger glass bottles filled with bubbling liquid and recoiling at its intense heat. Does this mean that we're, well, done for then? No, not at all, young Astrid. Just means our landing shall be rather more bumptious than planned. Pull that lever! Astrid followed the Professor's pointing hand and grabbed hold of a large wooden lever on the control panel behind her. She took a deep breath and pulled it sending bolts of electricity shooting up the brass pillars to an hourglass suspended in a gyroscope above their heads. Though spinning this way and that, the sand was steadily pouring from one chamber to another, and it was almost spent. Here we go, called the Professor. Hold on tight. The wall of the vortex surrounding them glowed brighter and brighter, so much so that Astrid closed her eyes. The last thing she saw was the Professor spinning various dials on the control bank, before grabbing hold of the wooden panel with a grin. The hissing of the malfunctioning machine subsided into birdsong, and the chilled flurry of the vortex gave way to a warm breeze. Astrid opened her eyes and gasped. She and the Professor had departed from the banks of the Thames in 1593. The last things she had seen were the masts of ships moving sluggishly along the muddy river. Now, though, She was surrounded by the greenest meadow she had ever laid eyes upon, under an azure sky danced on by birds wheeling happily round and around. As the copper blades of the ship slowed, she dodged between them and stepped from the marble platform, watching her foot as it pressed down onto the springy emerald grass. She took step after step and looked up at the sprawling hills ahead of her, dotted with the most enormous trees and held in a state of grace by the clement air. The Professor glanced up from the controls of the ship, smiling warmly as Astrid turned on the spot and held out her arms to catch the summer wind. Her recent adventure had been of such excitement that the Professor had almost forgotten mere days had passed since she too had left her own time to explore another. The thrill of standing under a new sky danced under her skin. Not a bad place to crash land, eh? she called to Astrid, who stood beside a bank of wild flowers watching the insects hurry from bloom to bloom. "'I've never seen the like,' Astrid trilled. "'Gah, this beats London any day!' The Professor looked around her. "'I could almost agree.' "'Almost?' "'Can you fix it, then, or are we stuck here?' asked Astrid, looking back at the machine. "'Oh, it's a simple fix, just need to siphon off a bit of this,' the Professor replied with a careful measure matched by her hands, which released a stopper at the base of one of the ship's glass bottles. She allowed a little of the blue liquid to drain, and then quickly plugged it again. That should do it. Measure twice, pour once, Runcible always said. He was referring to making punch, of course, but the reasoning's still sound. We don't have to leave, though, Astrid frowned. Not at all. No point visiting somewhere without exploring, is there? Besides, The Professor looked up at her machine, shining under the noonday sun. She needs to cool down a bit first. What year is it, then? If that thing really can move about to different years. If, dear heart, if, I find your lack of faith most perturbing. The Professor turned and pulled a small metal dial from the face of one of the control panels. It looked like a fob watch, only inside were not the hands of a clock, but concentric discs filled with numbers. Across the radius of the device's glass face was a red line, under which four numbers determined a reading. "'Here we are,' she called to Astrid, throwing the dial to her. "'A chronometer from Chronomier, A useless for telling the exact time, but helps narrow it to a year.' Astrid caught the device and looked at it. "'1801,' she read. "'We're in 1801! If it's working correctly, yes. Always worth a second opinion, of course.' With that, the Professor stepped from the machine, turned, lifted up the top of the marble platform, and pulled from within an identical chronometer. She wiped the glass on her sleeve and looked at the reading. 18.01, she beamed. Can't both be wrong, can they? So where should we go first? Astrid called. Suddenly, a deafening screech consumed the tranquil air. What the blazes? gasped the Professor. A serrated beam of light ripped across the sky and began to widen, as though the heavens themselves were splitting apart. The Professor and Astrid watched as the tear spread from horizon to horizon. Astrid looked down at the sound of another jolting rip and saw another split open up in the ground. It stood between her and the Professor. "'Prof!' she called. "'Astrid, jump!' the Professor cried, but it was too late. As both travellers ran towards the breach, it erupted, throwing up an impenetrable wall of jagged energy between them and blasting them into unconsciousness. The Chronicles of Professor Chronomie, Temper and Temporality An Unbound Theatre Production Written by Dario Knight and performed by Erica Sanderson, with music by Kevin MacLeod.